Welcome to the TPC Podcast. Thanks for listening. The Pentecostal Church is located at 3700 Kelly Highway in Fort Smith, Arkansas. With roots anchored firmly right here in the Arkansas River Valley, it continues to be a beacon of hope in a hopeless world and a hospital for hurting souls. TPC is a place where you can call home and fulfill your calling in the kingdom of God. Join us for this incredible word from the Lord today. Amen. Over here to the front right, we have a baptismal tank. Somebody say, that's for me. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, I want you to know that's for you. Come on, the preaching, it was for you. The songs, it was for you. But don't you dare leave without getting baptized in Jesus' name. Because that part, it's really for you today. <clears throat> Amen. Acts chapter 1 and 8 says, but you shall receive power. Somebody say power. 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 After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you'll be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. If you believe that, would you give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want power, and I want to be a witness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to somebody next to you and say, what if it is here? If you prefer conjunctions, you could say, what if it's here? Amen. What if it is here? Come on, turn to somebody else next to you. Say, what if it is here? Amen and amen. You may be seated today. Thank you for being here in the house of the Lord. What if it is here? Amen. I, I'm trying today to relieve a incredible burden, and, and, and this might be the most bizarre thing that you hear uh, a preacher open up with, but I've, I've got a little bit of an issue, and I don't know why in the world it bothers me so much, but every time that I drive into Fort Smith coming from the Oklahoma side of the line. Every time I come across, there's a bridge, and as I look up and crossing that bridge to uh, just left of the, of the highway there, there's a 40-foot-tall mural. Has anybody seen it? A 40-foot-tall mural of what looks to be an Indian lady, and she's holding a bow and arrow with a tear in her eye as she points that bow of focus back at the city of Fort Smith. I don't know who painted that. I don't know what it's about, but when I look at that mural, I see a city that's saying, I need you, and I need you right here, right now. Every time I drive past that, it just stirs me in the heart that I don't know if this city is even aware of how much it needs God and how much it needs it right now. I wonder if there are people across this city that are addicted and they're broken and they're depressed. They don't know where to turn, but God is saying it's here. Would you come here? Would a church go here? Would a preacher go here? Would somebody pray here? Oh, I believe that God is trying to do something right now in the middle of Fort Smith, right now in the middle of this city. 
There's a lot of different ways that I develop messages, but this uh, actually came out of a really horrible night last night. What I, I, went, I generally get up in the morning, 4 or 5 in the morning before I speak and put everything together. But I went to bed last night, I don't know, 11, 12 o'clock, and it was about every half hour I would just wake up from a dead sleep and I would have another sentence or two or four or ten and I would write them down and I would go back to sleep and 20 minutes later I would wake up and there's another four sentences, five sentences and all through the night I felt like God gave me this so if you would let me deliver to you this message because I believe that there is something here and like that last song said I believe that there is something changing and there is something breaking and that God is doing something in our midst I I don't really believe that it's going to be church as usual from this moment on I, I don't really believe that we're going to stay the same and that God has called you to sit here and for it to look like it looks right now and feel like it feels right now. I think God is moving in our midst. Amen. Somebody say Azusa Street. Amen. Azusa Street. I don't know if you've heard of the Azusa Street revival, but on April 14th, 1906, Azusa Street is considered to have been started by one man. Somebody hold up number one. Amen. You know how many people we needed outreach to make a difference? We need one. We need one. Two, that's twice as good. Four, that's twice as good. But if nobody else goes, give me one. Give me one. Give me one. William Seymour is a poor African-American preacher with one eye. And he had just been preaching at a church about receiving the Holy Spirit, a message that at that time was unheard of. He came back the next night and found that he had been padlocked out of that church that he was scheduled at. So instead, in the middle of 10 days of fasting and a prayer, he started a meeting in Los Angeles, where a meeting where he himself would receive what he had been preaching about and God would fill him with the Holy Ghost and he would begin to speak in tongues not only he but there was one more in that meeting that night that received the Holy Ghost now this was the beginning of a revival a revival that continued night after night after night for nine years hey come on somebody do you understand that God's goal here isn't one receiving the Holy Ghost it isn't two receiving the Holy Ghost but day after day after day God wants people getting the gift of the Holy Ghost God wants to heal God wants to fill God wants to deliver Now that initial building, I love this story, that initial building proved too small as the number of people that were coming to the meetings caused the porch to collapse. Next it says that it was nearing Easter and they had shouted for almost three straight days and three straight nights. And the people came in from everywhere. In that next building of theirs, it says there was no way to even get near the house. 
house as so many were pressing in the city was stirred up and they literally shouted until the foundation of the house was broken so then they landed at the historic location on Azusa Street in Los Angeles in the most ghetto part of town. The rent was only $8 a month. I like those numbers. A newspaper shop had been ran out of there. It had been used as a warehouse, as a lumber yard, as a stack, a stockyard, as a tombstone shop, and most recently as a stable. But it doesn't matter how big it is or how shiny it is. When you're in the middle of revival, God is in the soul-saving heart-washing, sin-cleansing business. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful for the lights, but guess what? We don't need them. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful for the stage, but guess what? We don't need it. I'm thankful for the building, but guess what? We don't need it either. It is all about Jesus. And if we can ever get people to him, he'll do the rest. He'll fill them. He'll heal them. He'll save them. By mid-May 1906, they say anywhere from 300 to 1,500 people would gather into that building night after night after night. Men, women, children, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, rich, poor, illiterate, educated into one building. You know what God wants this church to look like? I'll say it again. Men, women, young children, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, rich, poor, illiterate, educated, uneducated. He wants them all. If you're here today and you've done some stuff, good. Welcome to the church. If you're here today and you don't talk like us, good. Welcome to the church. You might not dress like we do, good. Welcome to the church. Come on, somebody. It's for everyone. One observer wrote this, direct quotes. No instruments of music needed to be used. None were needed. No choir. The angels had been heard by some in the spirit. No collections needed to be taken. No bills were posted to advertise the meetings. No church organization at the back of it. All who are in touch with God realize as soon as they enter the meeting that the Holy Ghost is the leader. They were, I was reading about it and it said firsthand accounts said that the blind were receiving their sight that diseases were cured instantly God wants to bring a revival here where this city knows where it can go when it's sick it knows where it can go when it's broken it knows that we've got the cure to anxiety and depression and everything in between this church ought to be known as a lighthouse in the community the whole river valley ought to come to it to find God. (laughs) 
evidently there were immigrants through the place and those immigrants were they, they would come from different countries around the world all of a sudden they would hear people break out singing in German in Yiddish in Spanish this is recorded they had no idea what they were saying but they were worshiping God fluently in other languages I'm thankful people still get the Holy Ghost here they still speak in real languages here they might not know what they're saying but they're worshiping God the blind saw the lame walked the deaf heard the empty left field it may have been history's greatest modern Pentecostal revival they said that that one man and his core maybe 50 members took the gospel to hundreds of thousands of people a revival that would spread to millions if he could do that as one man with 50 what could we do with our team and all that are here today friend I'm telling you that the region is not too much to ask I'm telling you that this state is not too much to ask I think God could do it he could do it again and he can do it even bigger than last time come on Now that's not, that's not the only critical revival in modern Christian history, okay? Let me tell you about another one called the Welsh Revival. Somebody say Welsh Revival. In the early 1900s, a young Evan, Evan Roberts walked into a tent style meeting, an open air meeting called the God Meeting while he was in Bible school and he prayed that God would bend him. He had never been in a service like that and felt what he did. This is what he wrote. He said, I felt a living power pervading my bosom. It took my breath away and my legs trembled exceedingly. This living power became stronger and stronger until it felt like it would tear me apart. My whole bosom was in turmoil and if I would not have prayed I would have burst I fell down on my knees with my arms over the seat in front of me my face was bathed in perspiration and tears began to flow in streams I cried out bend me bend me I was filled with compassion for those who must bend at the judgment and I wept following that the salvation of the human soul was solemnly impressed on me I felt to go to the length and to the breadth of Wales and tell them of the Savior. I'm thankful that God can move on the hearts of men and women that we might be bent. I'm thankful he still breaks us of pride. I'm thankful he breaks us of sin. I'm thankful he breaks us of ambition and of our gains. Come on, somebody. I want to be bent. The story goes, Evan Roberts that we were reading from there, he had been a young man growing up in the coal mines of Wales. And so he took that gospel right back to the coal mines 
and to the poor in that city. His fervor for God was contagious, and this became uninterrupted years of nightly revival across the country. Between churches and tents, he traveled with a revival team of lay leaders. The major driving force to the movement was just a handful of what history says were passionate, spirit-filled young people, including young women. Those meetings would go on for hours, often more than 10 hours without a break. People would lose sense of time and churches were so full that crowds would gather outside until they could barely squeeze their way in. The meetings broke every convention of what church had looked like in that area. Often the ministers just sat down, unable to preach or even understand the phenomena that took over their sedate churches and dead chapels as the mighty move of God began to impact them. By 1904, thousands would fill the churches. They would lean over railings. They would pack every pew. They would squeeze into every corner and they would stay there expressing intense, uh, intense emotion night after night. It wasn't once a week, but the fervor grow until it was happening every single day, every single day. The, we, the meetings were characterized by that same supernatural leading, that spontaneity. There was no evidence of the meeting being directed by the preacher or church officials. The London Daily newspaper wrote this, said, you feel that the thousands before you have merged into one. You can watch what they call the influence of the power of the Spirit playing over the congregation with an ebbing wind. It plays over the surface of the palm and all of this vast quivering and throbbing and singing and praying and exuberant multitude is intensely conscious of the all-pervading influence of some invisible reality that they call the Spirit of God. Another newspaper wrote, a remarkable religious revival is now taking place for some days. The chapel has been besieged by dense crowds of people unable to obtain admission. Some excitement has prevailed that the road on which the chapel is situated has been lined with people from end to end. The congregation remains praying and singing until 2.30 in the morning. Shoekeepers close early to get a place. Tin and steel workers throng the place in their working clothes. One local pastor wrote this in a letter. He said, some deeply intelligent but unconverted men who had always led rich, exemplary lives would feel such sorrow of soul that they would tremble. They would turn deathly pale and they would cry out for the prayers of their brethren. Others very different in their past record were even sodden in drink and overwhelmed that they professed to be unable to continue as a drunk but they were forced into the chapel and gave themselves to the Lord friend I don't know what God is doing but I'm telling you he can do it and he can do it at scale I'm telling you God can get a hold of hearts and lives God can take a city and a region and a county and a state and a nation God can bring the greatest revival we have ever seen 
in Wales during that time, and history would tell you there would be no Azusa Street without the revival at Wales. Businesses closed early every evening because the entire city was at church. The police literally had layoffs as crime was at an all-time low. Football teams were disbanded for both the audience and the players had lost interest. Old books and magazines were burned and replaced with a record sale of Bibles until all of the stock ran out. Bars went out of business nationwide as there was no interest in alcohol anymore. Families were praying that had never prayed. There was public prayer meetings on street corners friend what could God do now with what we have and who we are and how connected the church is he can do it today and so we arrive at our text today Acts 1 and 8 we could put that up one more time, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Come on, that's red letters, Jesus speaking. You, 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 come on. Come on, somebody say, say me. Uh, come on, that's you. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why, why, why? That you may be witnesses unto me under the uttermost parts of all the earth yeah. oh. God's stated design of the church was for power and for expansion it was for power and expansion I believe that we are seeing an unprecedented measure of God's power and of expansion this is the start of the great end time revival unlike any that there has ever been before. I just want to speak to you personally. I have been involved in church leadership and outreach based ministry for over 16 years and I am telling you that I have never seen the pace with which God is moving right now today. There is nothing like what's happening. If you're sick in your body, I'm not telling you God might be able to. He can. He can do do it now. He can heal you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. I have seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I'm telling you, God is alive and well. There is something happening. I didn't coordinate with the music, but there's something happening. There's something happening. Something happening in the hearts of men. When you go around, and I'm telling you, I've been on both coasts, east and west. I've been in Canada. I've been all the way to the border of Mexico. I'm telling you in every state that something is happening. I am telling you that the public is discontented with deluded Christianity and ineffective Christianity. I am telling you that there is a sincere pursuit for the authentic, the tangible, the powerful move of God. Come on, they don't want something fake. They want the real deal. They're sick of not seeing it happen. They want the Jesus that's in the book. They want the one that opens blinded eyes. They want the one that can unstop deaf ears. They want the one that can raise the dead. Something's happening in humanity. 
but something's happening from God too. The Spirit is moving in our midst. I've seen more significant miracles in the last one year than in the 15 years before combined. Combined. God's doing something. Come on, he's doing something. Amen. You may, you may be seated. Everybody say story time. We were with the church having just a block party. We have inflatables. We have kids games. We got people kicking each other in the shins. No real high deal, high, high pressure environment. In 12 minutes at a block party with kids playing games, with inflatables, with people getting kicked in the shins. In 12 minutes, we had two people going down, getting baptized in Jesus' name. Come on, we've went to churches. And on Wednesday night, we've stood there and just talked about door knocking and done some training about outreach. And in that just training during a midweek, we've had first-time visitors walk in, stand to their feet, lift their hands, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. God's doing something. Amen. I got to pray when I was in Southern California. I got to pray over a local meeting of Trinitarian pastors. The whole room was filled with pastors who aren't Pentecostal. As our local apostolic pastor would get up to preach behind me. It literally represented tens of thousands of people because all of their leaders were in that room. They invited us both back to preach saying we want a revival of the Holy Ghost saying that they have never experienced anything like that before. Friend, I'm telling you, God is doing something. I then got invited over and I preached for the assistant leader, like the assistant general superintendent of an entire Korean denomination. He had me over to his church and again, they too had never had a significant move of the spirit. God is trying to get a hold of the hearts and lives of men and women and churches and leaders and pastors. Even a brand new church plants, we'll have six visitors, 12, 20, even 30 guests of churches that have five members. At an established church with a good outreach attendant, it's not uncommon anymore for us to see 100 or 200 or 300 first-time guests on a Sunday. And friend, I'm not just giving you numbers for sake of numbers. Every last number is somebody. I was a number out there, and somebody reached me. Somebody preached to me, why can't we go get 100 more of me? We were in a church, brand new church, doesn't speak any English, and we had done some outreach with them, and it was just amazing to see one of those numbers walked into the service after he'd heard about it on Facebook. God healed him right there in the service. He received the Spirit for the very first time, began speaking in tongues, and walked over and was baptized in Jesus' name. That ought to be our normal. Our normal on a Monday, our normal on a Tuesday, our normal on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Come on, why not? Why not? Why not who you work with? Why not? Not who you go to school with. Why not in your life? God can do it. He's alive and well. Man, 
and we were in another service. Somebody came in and was delivered of demons during the service and addiction instantly. They received the Holy Ghost, began speaking in tongues and walked over and got baptized. Every last one God's dealing with, God is reaching to. He's reaching to the highest of high. He's reaching to the lowest of low. He's reaching to the one. He's reaching to the thousand. God is trying to reach every last one. God's even trying to restore the backsliders in at least three cities. We knocked on the door of folks that were backslidden and God brought them back into the church of God. I want to see it happen for everyone that's been here and isn't sitting here right now. There can be such a revival. God brings them back and their kids and their grandkids. Come on. I believe what's starting isn't our normal revival. We know we did outreach in front of Walmart. Literally, somebody at Walmart gave us permission to put our booth at the front door. Only one front door of Walmart, and we were parked right there. We were praying with one lady who starts crying, crying, and as she starts crying, another one comes up, sees what's happening, and she wants prayer. As we lay hands, the power of God hits her. I don't even know what happened. That lady blacked out, fell on the ground, and everybody trying to go to Walmart had to step around her body as she was basking in the presence of God, and more gathered round when they saw it one received the gift of the Holy Ghost right there in the door of Walmart come on somebody I know it doesn't look like revival as usual but I think God's done with usual I think he's done with tradition I think he's done with patty cake On outreach, I started witnessing to a Sikh pastor. And man, I know a strange amount about Sikh stuff. And so I, I got him. We had such a good discussion about Jesus. And he, he was so excited about the church we're starting in that city. I got him connected with our pastor. You have no idea what God is going to do in that. Come on, somebody. You can reach someone from the other side of the fence. You can reach somebody from the other side of the aisle. I don't care what Facebook says you are in God. God's eyes, you're just a sinner in need of a savior. I don't care if you vote blue or red. You're a sinner in need of a savior. I don't care what bumper stickers you have. You're a sinner in need of a savior. We go to this one pastor's house and he's going to have a Bible study uh, in his house uh, that week. And so we go knocking on the door of his next door neighbor and we invite them to come and they come out to that Bible study. As we have that Bible study, I, I tried to be really good. I tried to be really quiet and say nothing. But all of a sudden I felt like I've got a word for her and it made me as uncomfortable as it probably did her. And, and within just a few minutes we stood in his living room with his next door neighbor. We began to pray with her and she received the gift of the Holy Ghost sitting in his living room over the Filipino food that we were eating. Come on somebody he can do it in your living room he can do it in your Bible study he can do it for somebody you know that you live by, that you shop with, that you work with on Sunday she came to church for her very first time and she brought her husband 
and they both went down in Jesus name come on somebody I want to see God do it for my neighbor I want to see God do it for everybody I've ever met I've ever known I've ever liked I've ever disliked I want to see God do it for people that look like me people that don't look like me I want to see him do it for people that talk like me and people that don't talk like I want to see Fort Smith covered in revival I want it in the north and the south and the east and the west I want it down Rogers and Phoenix and Free Fair I want to see revival that Sunday and so many others we have seen recently we were fully outnumbered by visitors I haven't been able to shake that word from my mind. Outnumbered, outnumbered, outnumbered. You know what God wants here? I want to make somebody uncomfortable. Outnumbered, outnumbered. He wants you as the minority. He wants every seat full. He wants the risers full. He wants them pushed in in the lobby. He wants them listening out in the, come on somebody. He wants them listening out front because we're outnumbered. We're outnumbered. We're outnumbered by people that don't know this Jesus. We're outnumbered by people that haven't been down in the water. We're outnumbered. We're at a church and they brought in a debilitated man who had never recovered from COVID. I don't know what happened to his lungs. I imagine he had that like scarring, that pulmonary fibrosis deal. He was on oxygen now and fully immobile in his house. He had to have assistance in a wheelchair and this and that to get to church. We prayed for him and he called back the church and after his three mile bike ride he said, I got my life back. I got my lungs back. I can go up the stairs. I can walk around the block. Don't you tell me Jesus isn't touching people. Don't you tell me it's not real don't you tell me he's not moving we're in a Spanish service and this first time guest came in who had heard about us on Facebook she came in on a wheelchair big old boot and all kinds of issues on her leg in that moment she was delivered as she came in during the first song she was delivered filled with the Holy Ghost then jumps out of her wheelchair and takes off dancing and shouting around that church oh when revival hits it's gonna get on everybody I don't care how bad the situation looks it can touch you it can touch a first-time guest it can touch an addict I love this one we were on outreach another church and this pastor had designed a card we got cards everybody needs to grab one of these for all nation Sunday next week and pass them out to one two three four four thousand people whatever but grab grab some pass them out but he designed a flyer like this and it said a place for hope we go out on outreach and where we went was his idea and he went went around the corner he sees a dental office he's like that's that's my dentist and he walks in with his flyer as he walks in nobody else was in the waiting room it was empty and the two receptionists were literally broke down crying and as he walked through the door they just said I am hopeless I have given up hope he heard that word twice and so he handed them the flyer and they began to cry and shout this is God this is God this is what we need we'll be there we'll be We had somebody on the street walk up to our group and they said when you were walking around the Walmart park or no the 
We were in a, a seafood city. When you're walking around the seafood city parking lot, somebody said, I know you don't know me, I don't know you, but I saw an angel standing over somebody in your group as though to protect them as they were talking to people and handing out whatever you're handing out. Friend, God is with us. He's on our side. He's trying to grow his church. He's trying to make a difference. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. Just last weekend, there was a misunderstanding, and I'd met a first-time guest, uh, and, and I was so excited, but when we had an opportunity to pray, that poor lady didn't move. I didn't know if she was scared or nervous, and I just said, I don't ever normally do this, but just I was feeling bold or something crazy. And I called her by name. I said, I'm so glad you're here. Would you come on up? We want to pray with you. And she misunderstood. I meant come up like here. And when I said up, she came up here with me. And so I thought, man, that lady crazy bold. If she crazy bold, I'm crazy bold. I said, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. Would you lift your hands and boom, right there, God fill her with the Holy Ghost in front of everybody on that platform. I think God is trying to do something. I think it's a revival bigger than we think, bigger than we're used to. It's messy and it's beautiful. It's disorganized and it's kingdom minded. I think God is doing something. We're at a very notable church. If I told you, you'd know the name. And while we were there praying, a couple came up and they asked for prayer over a literal brain tumor that they had just been diagnosed with. And so they brought up that minister's wife and said, I have a pituitary tumor. I said, say no more. I know everything about that, and I'm so sorry. I know how bad you must feel. I know how your hormones are going crazy. I said, because of the work I've done, I, I just am very sorry. I, my heart goes out for you. Let's just pray and see what Jesus can do. Come on. There are things I can't fix. There's things that your doctor can't fix. And I'm telling you, we prayed right there. She looked at me. She said, I'm healed. I said, yeah, right. It's a brain tumor. Go back to your doctor and let him say it. So she went back, and I got both a text message and a voicemail and they said brother Anderson the tumor is gone they did another MRI and it's gone I repeat it's gone come on somebody I don't care if it's a tumor I don't care if it's diabetes I don't care if it's addiction Jesus can do it so yeah we we just got out of tent revival a couple weeks ago Man, we're so glad to have Brother Hudson and the crew come with us. Amen. But that first night of tent revival, we had somebody get baptized in less than two minutes into the message. The second night, we had somebody baptized within six minutes into the message. We, we heard all kinds of crazy stories. We're having church outside under a tent. I'm telling you, we don't need the building. I'm telling you, we don't need the stage. We don't need the lights. Want, let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. Come on. We, we're out there, and this is what happened. Somebody drove by on the first night and said she literally saw a light from heaven shining down out of the darkness onto that tent and so she pulled in God filled her with the Holy Ghost she was baptized in Jesus name there was a group there from a, some mega church that's an hour and a half away we still don't know how in the world they ended up at our event because we weren't 
pushing our ads out that far, but they came out because they said we have never seen or been at a revival in our lives and we want to know what it is. They said in the middle of that service we saw a glory cloud begin to descend and form inside of the tent. Oh friend, I'm telling you, Jesus is working in our midst. These aren't empty words about a dead God. He's not distant or despondent. He's not apathetic or absent. I'm telling you, Jesus is real and he's here right now. I'm telling you, he has as much power as he does today as he did at creation, as he did at the cross, as he did at he, as he walked amongst us and he can do anything for anybody. such a hunger another night a guy came in and that guy didn't look like I do I could describe it but let's just say opposite in all ways he pulled in on his Harley holding a folded flyer this is a story he said he was driving around and evidently somebody didn't want it they took it off their car folded up threw it on the ground the wind carried it and it stuck under the front tire of another parked car and as he was going by on his motorcycle all he looked down and saw was the word Jesus so he stopped his bike put out his kickstand picks up the flyer unfolds it and it said the Jesus tent revival he said he'd been looking for a church and he wanted to feel God so he decided to go that night he was there holding that folded flyer that church just called me and said he has been there every single service since then don't tell me they're not hungry because they don't look like we do don't tell me they're not hungry because they don't smell like we do talk like we do act like we do Jesus is reaching the world I love this one. My wife knocked on a door, which the doormat was like some sort of Ouija board situation, and knocks on the door of a witch. As she came to the service, she walked in, and again, in the first song, God delivered her. God filled her with the Holy Ghost, and I am telling you, that little witch, she danced, outdanced us, outshouted us, outworshipped us, only now to the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. She went down in Jesus' name, and God forgave her of her sins. That pastor had been working on his neighbor, neighbors for three years. They had never come to a service. They, they decided they were going to come to tent revival. And finally, both the parents and their sons all baptized in Jesus' name. You don't know how long it'll take, but God will reach them. You don't know when, but you know he can. Come on, come on. Jesus is working in our midst. There was a Trinitarian pastor in that city, actually the parent of somebody in that church. They didn't believe in speaking in tongues, and at some points they'd been vehemently opposed to it. They consented, though, to come to one of those services. As that pastor came into that service and we had that altar call, they came forward. God filled them with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak in tongues. Now, that created a problem for their theology. On the next night, God did something else they didn't believe in, and God healed their hearing in one of their ears. They had tinnitus gone instantly after years 
years. So then on the third day, they came back with their spouse. Their spouse got the Holy Ghost. They shut down their church and said, we want everybody at the tent revival instead. And another four or so people from their church got the Holy Ghost one after another after another. I can't express the degree of miracles, some of which I, would, I literally would not tell you because you would not believe me. But I, I, I just cannot, I cannot express. In one of those services, and you can ask the tall man, he was there. In one of those services, the pastor, I believe it was, or somebody prayed, prayed with a blind man whose eyes were instantly healed. He opened his eyes and with shock, he could read the lanyards of the people that were round about praying with him. He could read our shirts that said the Jesus tent revival. He drove himself to church the next night. Come on, God healed his eyes. But, but, but wait, 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 let me, let me get you to understand this. Why after that happens, there's a man right in front of me who gets my attention and he physically grabs my face to tell me that he walked in deaf and now he can hear in both ears and while he's telling me that another person behind is waving like there's a fire and so I say hold on one second and he opens his hand and it looks like he's holding nuts and bolts but it's just the biggest hearing aid that's ever been created as a third man pulled his hearing aids out and God had healed him of his hearing I believe that the Pentecostal Church of Fort Smith has reached a critical mass. I believe that we are at a tipping point. I believe that we're on the verge of breakthrough. I'm not saying it to just raise you and hype you and get you excited. I believe that we're on the verge of the greatest revival we have ever seen. I believe it will be exponential. I believe the building will not fit what God is trying to send. We will see every prophecy come to pass. We will see what God has started, what we have preached, what we've sought. This is what we've been waiting for. I don't believe it's a theoretical revival. I don't believe it's tomorrow's revival. I don't believe it's your parents' revival, your kids' revival, your pastor's revival. It is our revival and it's starting right now. Come on, somebody, the hour cometh and now is. Now is. Bible says greater things than these shall you do. I'm ready for it. I want to be involved. I think we ought to dust off the vans. I think we ought to prepare the house for growth. I think we ought to knock every door, put it on social media, teach a Bible study, give a ride, be it outreach, and see what God will do. Amen. If you'd stand together with me. I told you all those stories and know that I am leaving out hundreds of people that have received the Holy Ghost. Hundreds in two months. All those stories took place within two months. You catch that? That's why I want to tell you all that. This is a pace unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. This, this, that's the kind of stuff that I would, I would normally give over the totality of my ministry. God did in two months. Every week, it is more, and it is more, 
and it is more. I don't think God's going to sit idly by and let anybody go to hell. I don't think God wants to sit by and see anybody sick. I don't think God wants to sit by and let somebody stay deaf, stay blind, stay broken, stay anxious, stay depressed, stay suicide. Come on, somebody. God is doing something in our midst. In Mark 16 and 15, he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Somebody ought to get baptized today. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And it says in verse 17, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and if they drink the deadly it won't hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover we're in a great end time revival and I think in heaven's history book the movement starting now will easily contend with Azusa Street and some what if it's here what are you going to do with it? I would say you need to be in this revival. In this revival. We don't need spectators to it. We don't need flies on the wall to it. We need you to be in it. We need you to be in it. As I sang that song right before the preaching, I thought, oh, I, I mean, I, I, I can't pull songs out of the air, but I couldn't have picked a better one. Something's moving. Something's changing. I believe that today. I believe that today. I want to invite everybody to come. Would you come and gather around the front? Bring somebody with you. Say, I want you to come up and pray with me. Amen. If you're sitting up in the high-rise seats, man, thank you for being here. But come on. Come on. Now you got to take that hike. You might as well. Come on with it. Amen. Bring somebody with you. Amen. If you don't really know how to pray out loud, that's okay. Come. We're not going to make you feel awkward. If you're here for the first time, come on. Amen. If you're here for the 10,000th time, come on. We want everybody to come and gather around the front. Amen. I love revival. Man, I love revival so much. The last like 48 hours, all I've done is like scrub tents. The front, the back, just scrubbing tents. Right now, I have so much Tylenol, ibuprofen in my system, I just feel great. But another hour, I'm just going to be on the ground. <laughs> Let me tell you something I learned about this. This is the weird thing. My preaching has shifted some. I, even all those miracles, all that, I don't push miracles. We didn't call it a healing crusade. We didn't, we didn't say, you know, we, we didn't do a message on if you're sick, you know. We didn't do none of that. All we did was preach Jesus. I'm going to tell you why this is going to work. In the Pentecostal church of Fort Smith, we are about to get hungrier for him than we've ever been before. When it's about him, not the little joker behind the pulpit, not the building, not the music. When it's about him, I'm telling you, friend, anything is possible. And, and I, here's, here's my theology on it. 
because in heaven there's no sickness in heaven there's no blindness in heaven there's no deafness there's no tear come on somebody and so if we can ever get heaven into this room it's automatic if we can ever really get Jesus into this room I'm telling you that there is not room for sickness there's not room for deafness there's not room for blindness I'm telling you when Jesus comes in everything else changes and so our only agenda is we have got to get to him and every last person we can we're gonna bring them to because at the foot of the cross all bets are off and I can't count the number of services I look down after and there's a pack of cigarettes laying on the altar I didn't use one but I don't have any why they got to Jesus that stuff can't hold you when you've got him Man, there's marriages put back together at the foot of the cross. There's body heals at the foot of the cross. The empty are filled speaking in tongues at the foot of the cross. It's all Jesus. So we're about to pray and God's about to do some stuff here today. Amen. I just want to point out, we're going to talk about three things. One, baptism. Somebody say baptism. You need to get baptized today if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name. We made a call for somebody. I've, I've told this story here, I know, at least once before, but we made a call for baptism. Somebody had come up who was blind in one eye, deaf in both ears. He came up and he got baptized. We never even prayed for all the other stuff going on in his life. He came up, he got baptized. By the time he got home, he could hear out of both ears. You have no idea what could change in your life if you'll get baptized in Jesus' name and let God wash away every sin tonight somebody say oh I was baptized when I was a baby well man that's awesome but that was your parents choice they were dedicating you to God now you as a believer you need to make the choice and get baptized the right way in Jesus name today we got robes you can wear we got towels your clothes won't even get wet do it today amen if you're willing to get baptized I want you to come up Cade, wave your hand. Tell Cade or tell Pastor Patrick up here, one of them. Amen. Turn to somebody next to you. Say, what would stop you from getting baptized today? Amen. Mean it. Come on, ask them. What would stop you if they're willing to get baptized? I want you to bring them down here. Say, let's go. Come on, say, let's go. Come on down. Now, everybody else, I want you to get ready to pray with somebody. Amen. If you're part of the Pentecostal church, our core leadership team, saints, amen. If you, you teach Bible studies, whatever, I want you to get by somebody you can pray with. We're going to pray. And I believe God's going to do two things. I believe he's going to heal sickness right now. And I believe he's going to fill with the spirit and people are going to speak in tongues for the very first time right now. Now, I want to tell you why I believe the first. Somebody say healing. 
I'm going to tell you why I believe healing. The Word of God says, not Braden, the Word of God says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. I believe based on His Word, on His authority, that the great physician can heal you now. We read it. It said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you need healing in your body, I believe it's done. I believe it's done. On the power and the authority of the Word of God, it's done, right? We read it. It's in the book. It can happen. same text in Mark 16 said that they would speak with new tongues. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak with new tongues. I believe that every person in this place can receive the Holy Spirit. You can speak in tongues for the very first time today if you never have before. And it comes by Jesus. 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 When we seek Him, He shows up. When we invite Him in, heaven comes down. Where He comes from, like I said, there's not sickness. Where He comes from, there's not emptiness. Where He comes down from, there's not pain. And as He steps into this room right now, I believe every last person can leave healed, can leave filled, can leave empowered, can leave with victory, can leave with miracles, signs, wonders. Come on right now, I feel faith in this house. Could you find somebody to pray with? Come on, find somebody to pray with. Somebody you're standing by. Could you put your hand on their shoulder, on their head, whatever. Come on church, right now I want everybody to lift their hands and lift their voice. I believe that Jesus is here and he's going to heal somebody now. He's going to fill somebody now. He's going to touch somebody now. Come on, this is that great end time revival. It is here. It is now. It's for you. Come on, somebody from the front to the back, from the left to the right, would you lift your voice and begin to worship him? Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I hope this word has blessed you. If you are in the River Valley area and are looking for a church to attend, we would love for you to join us right here at TPC. Services are Sunday at 11 a.m. and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. You can visit us at our website at www.tpcfortsmith.com and on Facebook at the Pentecostal Church Fort Smith. Here you will find any information you may need Thank you and God bless.